Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. This is the one and only Maverick Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Maverick, and with me, I've got none other than the entrepreneur, musician, salsero, timbal player, (laughs) Greg Hallman. What's up, Greg? What's up? Hey, hey, what's going on, DJ Maverick? Man. We've been trying to do this for a long time. Yeah. I just had to shut down the whole world to to get some time with you on your calendar. That's how busy you are. No big deal. Man, no, life is crazy, man. But I'm happy to be here, bro. I mean, uh, I'm very lucky to have a friend like you in my life for all these years. Right back at you, man. It's been, I don't know how many years. <laughs> it's been a while. Man, it, 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 in, in 2023, it's going to be 30 years. Really? Right? I don't know. Yeah. No. I, I keep it's a long spot, time. But <laughs> yeah, it's good. I think it's going to be 30 years. So basically, we've been 27 years. Wow. That we, well, I'm going off in 1993, which it could have been 92, right? When we first met. Yeah. I mean, we were only like two or three when we met. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> That's true, right? Yeah. For all people trying to guess our age. Yeah, exactly. All I, right. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember us being in the hallway talking about you and brian hale's history uh history fair project oh yeah the uh, the, the mounds the the sod uh, the, homes the, the sod the homes sod houses in, in cato oklahoma or something like that yeah i got i made the i made the newspaper with that big boy <laughs> oh, <must be> nice, <laughs> yeah <dude. laughs> i still put it on my resume to this day I made made <laughs> the newspaper and, and you had to put on your resume too that you were dating the like the most beautiful girl at jackson middle school the one that the girl that everybody wanted today she was the pageant queen beauty queen and you were her man uh, i think that was just uh entertainment weekly or something probably just a rumor going around i don't think it's... you can neither confirm yeah that's right nor deny nor deny so for the one percent of the people out there that don't know you give us like your elevator pitch like you know what you whenever somebody says like hey what do you do for a living or you know oh. what type of guy you are what's your elevator pitch well man you know um lately i've um been working a lot on a on a company that we started back in march of 2018 it started on my mom's birthday so i'll never forget the day it started and uh, basically we use uh virtual reality to help enhance the way that businesses train their employees. And so we've gotten contracts with the Navy, with the Air Force, uh, thank God. And um, we've also worked with some local schools, some lo- local businesses that want to use virtual reality, virtually video mainly, or virtually interactivity. So I've been really getting into VR lately and, and um, involved with my wife and her family um, they have uh, uh, some businesses here in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, basically like Mexican seafood. Uh, it's called Crudolandia, micheladas and stuff. Um, you describe it like so beach my... food, right, is what you told me? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. Because my wife and her family, they're from Durango, and Durango, Mexico, and they're very close to Mazatlan. And okay. that beach is awesome. It's I bet, like, yeah. It's pretty, you know, it's not very, it's not super tu- tourist, tu- touristy, you know, it's not super touristy. It's, um, it's still kind of got a good vibe to it. Good food. So a lot of the food you find there is what, what you sell. Awesome. 
and growing up like Oklahoma the entire time, like before you met me. Yes, sir. Like, born and raised. Yeah, man. Yeah. Born and raised in Southside Oklahoma City. On the playground is where you spent most of your days. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> nice. And, barely, and I loved it, man. Uh, product, proud product of Oklahoma City Public Schools. So like when I met you, entry. like super outgoing, super like people person, but were you always like that? Like as a kid, like you were just like that type of guy or were you kind of shy at the beginning or what? No, I've never been shy, man. No. Never. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like there's a recording of me when I was six years old and I was pretending to be um, like on, on, a, on a kid's show. Uh, it was called Captain Kangaroo. So I was pretending to be Captain Kangaroo and I was recording with my brother, Josh, and I was six. And then also singing, um, uh, I was singing mariachi music from a McDonald's commercial. And back then the theme song to McDonald's was, it's a great, no, it's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's. How do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I, I love listening to like, lull, um, not lullabies, uh, jingles and, um, and TV theme songs. Nice. <laughs> I would love to be able to write jingles or, you know, TV theme song. I would just like to be able to write songs one day, but that's just always been a dream. Yeah. And when I was in fourth grade, I wrote a play that all the fourth graders at Wheel Elementary had to perform. Like I won a competition. The entire so school. Shows. Yeah. Entire fourth grade. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And third graders too. It was actually, it was, now think about it, it was fourth and third grade, the gifted and talented program, like both those grades performed it. And nice. uh, it was fun. That was in um, Mr. Rex Sash's class and Mrs. Rundle's class. So it was, uh, that was, I guess you could say that was the first time where I created something along the lines of art and music that more than, it was more than just my parents yeah. or myself enjoyed. Like it was, it was beyond my family. And the place called Cats, ladies and gentlemen, you might have heard of it. It kind of went on from there, right? Uh, people still go cats. see. <laughs> people still go see it to this day. It's called Cats. Yeah, man. So memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. All right, so, so I've always been into that. Let me see. We've got some songs to get through, and for those who don't know, who haven't listened to the podcast yet, this is like your top ten basically life songs like your most influential songs right because anytime you listen to a particular song at least for me like it takes me to that day to that second to the place like i'm there when i listen to that song it's crazy how music can take you to a particular place in time you know yes and i feel the same way and some of these songs are like that like they're they transport but but some of the songs too that i chose are um songs that like I would want played at my funeral. Oh, wow. Or um, you went deep, deep. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> I'm not ready to cry, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's not that bad. But are also songs that uh, remind me of important people in my life. Awesome. So now the question of the day is going to be, do you want to listen to the entire song or do you want to go snippets? Well, with as much as I talk, we probably should do snippets. Snippets. <laughs> All right right we'll do that let's see so the very first song uh is frank sinatra it happened in monterey what's the story behind that so this song it's these all these songs are kind of in chronological order i think like um probably most of the time it's when in my life i heard them 
so this song actually obviously was recorded before I was born. And the reason it's special is also from a story before I was born. So my mom and dad met in the late 70s uh, in Oklahoma City. And um, when my mom was from Mexico and my dad is from here, but when they met, my wife didn't know, I'm sorry, my mom didn't know any English and my dad didn't know that much Spanish. So when they would date, you know, my dad had, would have Spanish dictionary there and they ta basically taught each other, each other's language, right? So the story goes that, oh, and also that my mom is from, she came to Oklahoma from Monterey, Mexico. So when she visited my dad's parents, um, the, what, what I, the story that I remember is that my grandpa, my dad's dad, sang this song to her because he knew the song and it's, uh, you know, it's music that he and his wife would listen to back in the 40s. Okay. Frank Sinatra type stuff, you know, 40s, 50s and 60s. And this is a song that's not as well known, right? Some of his others. Oh, yeah. No, it's yeah, not. And I'm a huge Frank Sinatra fan. Like I would own all of his songs if I could and I plan to. But yeah, I love songs. What's crazy to me about Frank Sinatra is like, he's almost like talking. Like he's like <laughs> yeah. super like smooth, like it happened. Like, how does he do that? <laughs> well, you know, people say like singers like Christina Aguilera has said this, Mark Anthony has said this about Tony Bennett. They, they, cause some of the same, they say some things, things about Tony Bennett that it's, it's almost like he's talking, right? But they, those people who are true vocalists, they say it's actually harder to sing that way really? because of the, all the notes in between. It's easy to forget about the the less important notes in between the beginning or the end of a phrase. Yeah. So I, I, I admire that he's able to do that. Yeah. And also with Frank Sinatra, people really admire his phrasing. So every time when you see him live, when you saw him live, he never sang the same song the same way. Mm -hmm. He always changed it up. And did your parents like dance this at your at their wedding or no? <laughs> no, no. At, at this song, I don't think means as much to my mom and dad okay. as it does to me. But I just really like this. You know, I really like Frank Sinatra a lot, all his music. And I think about my, how my grandparents could have listened to his music because you know, around the same time, sort of the same generation. And um, and I love the story about how my grandpa kind of welcomed my mom into their family yeah when they first met that's awesome like that. i imagine yeah. him like picking up the vinyl record and putting it on <laughs> spinning the tune <laughs> there you have it ladies and gentlemen the first song on greg's top 10. all right so tell me a little bit about elementary what kind of stuff, you know, stands out in your memories? Yeah, well, this is a good segue to the next song on the list because it comes from that time in my life, elementary school. I remember being like seven or eight years old and I would go to sleep with headphones and a little AM, FM portable radio. Walkman? That my, It was kind of like a Walkman. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it even, you know, you could play cassettes in it, you know, with the, with the metal nice band did it have the bass boost i think it had the bass <laughs> boost. yeah nice. that was the best kind and my dad gave it to me um for me to go to sleep with at night and what i would listen to is here in oklahoma city a radio station radio station called k-92 
KOMA 92.5. And back then in the 80s, they would play uh, 50s music and 60s music. So I really loved listening to all the Motown songs, the doo-wop, the even, you know, the 60s rock, the light rock. And it was... um it was perfect for my age right you know it, it was kind of like um innocent music in a way yeah or even if it was i if it was talking about stuff that i didn't understand i understand as a kid so but i, I love listening to it and um i really like the horns and i think that that music influenced the music the songs that i like today because usually what i like has horns in it uh, it's, it's pretty common and I usually like up-tempo stuff, but, um, but yeah, uh, so this next song comes from that era and it's also from a movie or it's a, it's in a movie that I saw a lot as a kid about Richie Valens and my parents would watch this movie a lot and I watched it a lot. I probably watched it like 10 times as a kid. So it was very influential. I was so happy whenever he got his song on the radio and he, you know, he bought his mom this nice car and stuff. Yeah. It influenced me as a kid. I wanted to do it too. Nice. Did you like his brother? What was the, the, the brother? What was his name? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't remember the brother's name, Bob or something like that. Yeah. Bob. Yeah. yeah. He was always like ruining the parties and ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And then the he found brother. that stuff to draw like the Disney uh, characters or whatever. Yeah, he yeah. got into it. <laughs> he, he was played by Isai Morales. Yeah, yeah. So that this song just movie. reminds you of like being a kid, listening to the radio, and then watching La Bamba or what? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That's exactly what it does. And of course, you know, Richie Valens, man, I really admire what he did. Um, there's not too many people like him yeah. that was able to do that. Do you like Los Lobos' version of this or do you like the original better? Oh, I like the original better. Original? <laughs> I thought the Los yeah. Lobos did a pretty decent job. I thought it was pretty good, pretty solid. No, 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 no doubt a doubt. Like, what I like too is um, when they recorded La Bamba, at the end of the song, they mi they mixed in the traditional mariachi version, the Son Jarocho version oh, of yeah. La Bamba. I remember that. So it was like part rock and part traditional. And I loved it because, you know, I used to play in a mariachi band and uh, we would play that song. And it was just a good feeling, you know, people loved it. My dad was whistling this song at family reunions, yeah. karaoke. So Richie Valens, awesome. KOMA, 50s, 60s music. I still have it on my Sirius satellite, Sirius XM channels, 50s yeah. and 60s. That's cool, because you were getting like a, a history music lesson and you didn't even know it probably, you know? That's exactly right. Like knowing about the Temptations so and Yes. Al Green and all kinds of. Of course, it was, it was the greatest hits like of that of that time. So yeah, it was the best music, pop music at that time. Yeah, awesome. All right, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Number two on the list, Richie Valens, Donna. I thought this was gonna be like a heartbreak or something. Uh, no. <laughs> no heartbreaks I yet. Huh? Think, I think about that sometimes, but you know, back, yeah. I, I had some close calls. <laughs> close calls. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What's one thing that you admire about your like your childhood self? Like, is there anything like were you like more ambitious? Were you like more willing to take risk? Anything like that? Wow, that is a hard question, man. Um, you know, I I'm just a very nostalgic person, you know, uh, and, and I thought everybody was. But the older I get, the more I realize that 
you know, a lot, a lot of people like to reminisce a lot on their yeah. childhood. And my mom and dad always just tell me stories about their childhood. And I liked hearing it. And here being here in Oklahoma City, my dad could actually take me to places where he would go as a kid. And that was neat to see growing up. That's cool. But um, I guess I guess just the idea of being in the family, you know, and us being we went through good times, bad times, you know, um, we didn't have all the luxuries in life. And um, so the struggle it's that a lot of people go through, I think that it helps to define who you are when you're older. We, you and I have talked about this. Yeah. We worry that about our kids not suffering and I'm not suffering is not the right word being too soft yeah <laughs> taking things for granted grit. yeah yeah so I admire that my mom and dad wanted us to number one exceed uh succeed in education and they also um tried to teach us to be tough in terms of you know this is what's for dinner and you have to eat it um you know we have to save money um if you fall down, pick yourself up. You get one pair of shoes. Well, I don't know, at least I did. I got one <laughs> pair of shoes per year. You mess yeah. them up. Too bad. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't really a problem until I got to middle school. And that's when kids first started making fun of me for having pay less shoes yeah. or something like that. And middle school, middle school was, was a hard time, man. And um, at, at, at any middle school. Yeah. But the middle school that you and I went to, you know, it was pretty rough sometimes. Shout out Jackson. <laughs> yeah. The tigers that yeah. could not be tamed by the Tiger King. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so true. That's so true, man. <laughs> so tell me about this next track that we're about to go into. So it's kind of from middle school. That this song is a Randy Travis song that um, kind of came out around that time um, in my, when I was in middle school. I feel like I heard it at Jackson. And you did not hear this Jackson. at Jackson. Where would yeah, you? Where would think, you? There's no way. Fact, I think that I think that even um, our friend, our mutual friend Brian Hale, used to listen to this. Really? But I, mean, I think that's where I first heard it. I know my dad used to play it. You know, my dad would listen to uh, country and western music on the radio, and it was on the radio. I, I liked how it sounded, and the lyrics always stuck with me. And it always reminds me of my dad. And this is one of the songs. This is one of the songs that I think I would to, for to be played at my funeral. This one? You know? Oh wow! Yeah, maybe one of one. Of, I want to. I want a long list of songs. It's either Man. this one or the song he sings called "Forever and Ever." I'm gonna oh, love yeah. it forever. Yeah, it came out around the same time. But it's just a very well written song, and it also speaks to my desire to be a songwriter. Oh, okay. That I would love to do that one day, and. The guy who wrote this song, I mean, he wrote this one and Forever and Ever. And, and so just, this one's Deeper Than a Holler. So what's yeah. what's the meaning behind Deeper Than a Holler? I don't get the title. Oh, okay. You don't remember this song? I've never heard this song. Oh, <laughs> I know wow. I know Forever and Ever a Man or whatever, but not yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they usually hear them together. But um so holler is like another way to say like a valley or like a deep area. Oh, I thought he was like and, a holler, like a shout. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this song? man?" <laughs> and basically it's just talking about his version of a love song. Okay. And how, how much he, he loves, you know, how deep he loves, how high he loves. Man. So you're telling me you yeah. were listening to this at Jackson. You were rolling with this song. I <laughs> man, can't believe that. 
it was either that or whoop there it is that sounds more like it yeah i would believe that speaking of that yeah like i had on, on my list of honorable mentions i don't think it's on my top 10 list right no nah. uh, on bend on bended knee uh boys to men yeah I took yeah it off, right you took it well yeah you took it off oh no but on on bended knee i love it because that you talked about music transporting you boys to men you know you, you mentioned into the road yeah same thing with me and also on the bended knee it reminds me of my brother josh and i we would listen to boys to men he really loved boys to men i loved their music back then you know i think they were awesome and it reminds me of also of jackson those those dances that they would do in the in the auditorium no heartbreaks yet in not middle e- school not even oh, with yeah. the voice of men <laughs> oh yeah yeah in middle school there were some heartbreaks for sure <laughs> i mean uh yeah middle school you don't have to say names or anything. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it clean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I, th- I had my first girlfriend back in when I was at Jackson school. It lasted a whole two weeks. Nice. <laughs> That's more than me. I think <laughs> I remember those school dances and we were talking earlier this week about, uh, like one of the songs that triggers me back to those school dances is uh, fresh Prince, uh, the boom oh. shake the room. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can like, picture the cassette tape it was all red and it was clear and i remember handing the cassette tape to uh mr ray he said was the guy right because i couldn't remember the guy's name billy ray yeah so i remember handing him the tape and i was like play this one (laughs) and then then, like the place yeah the the place went crazy and he was like tick 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 boom yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was awesome like i'll never forget that that. was was that your first time Picking a song for, for yeah, a party? probably so. <gasps> like in front of people, at least, you know. No way. Yeah, especially in front of people that weren't your family, right? Yeah, and he would just like bring out like the school like cassette players and like hook it up to like a regular PA system or something. Like it wasn't anything fancy, but yeah, at the time it was like, oh man, like he's a DJ, he's playing music. Yes, it's a crazy party. Is, <laughs> wow. Did you did you remember? Um, that song r kelly was uh they would do a lot of r kelly uh your body's calling yeah town somebody rocking knocking the boots <laughs> man Remember i'm surprised that? like we didn't have a baby like in middle school if you go back yeah. and listen to all those lyrics it's oh yeah. they were, <laughs> it's incredible yeah yeah and well, I'll, body, I'll make love to you my body's telling me right <laughs> and then do you remember this one I get so weak in the yep. knees. I SWB. Speak. Oh, I love that song. Man, that. that's going to be like our KOMA songs. We're going to be like, all right, <laughs> all right, grandkids. Grandpa's going to yeah. play a classic for you guys right now. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's Isn't crazy. Weird think that? Yeah, man. <laughs> throwback. <laughs> so this next one is even more of a throwback. It's Billy Jean. Of course, oh, Michael Jackson, yeah. right? What's the story yeah. behind this? Because I've got a crazy story with Michael Jackson too. Like he's like one of my all-time favorites. What's the one story of my behind this? All-time favorites track? too. And you know, nowadays uh, you got to be careful. You know how loud you say that, right? Because a lot yeah. of people are like, anti-Michael Jackson right now, right? And but we're talking about his music, right? Him as an artist, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's so hard to songs. do that. Like you got to separate the art from the artist and. I mean, same yeah. thing with R. Kelly, like a bunch of guys. Oh, yeah. man. That's like right. Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars better be like on his best behavior. <laughs> or, I think he will be. <laughs> or yeah. I can't play anything at weddings. Like I can't play anything. Like no, Bruno Mars right. is like the go-to. <laughs> Bruno Mars is perfect. And I admire that he has also that old soul 
to like he likes listening to older music paying paying homage to to those who came before him and so i kind of feel like i have that in common with him but um but yeah the um this michael jackson song you're going to find this funny um so must have been 94 i think and it's the first cd i ever bought oh yeah like or that mom and dad bought for me nice so mom and dad got me a cd player and this song came with it or this this it was like a it was like a um a mix it was a mix cd but it was sold that way like a compilation compilation yeah and it had billy jean it was mainly thriller album so you didn't like have this on cassette like when it first came out no, no? like i yeah I, I didn't even have a whole lot of cassettes either i don't think but um but this was the first cd i had and and it was the first time i was listening to something in stereo and it's the first time i could hear the track each track yeah of, of the song you know first the drums and then then the keyboards come in so i loved listening to the production of quincy jones and uh the, obviously the the video was great too obviously but um but no yeah this this song is one of my favorites like very well produced and i didn't really know what the song was about but I just the way that it was recorded and, and the, the arrangement uh loved it so it speaks to you know my hobby or i guess you say my interest in music production recording music yeah yeah and it's very well done were you uh into break dancing at the time or no i didn't get into break dancing no? until later like 96 97. i wish i wish i could still break dance yeah but i, I just break my break my arm <laughs> i remember uh <laughs> carrying around cardboards with my friends and then just no laying way. them down and like practicing like back spins and like moonwalks and stuff like that no way yeah how old were you man it, this was in elementary we uh nah. we entered the wow. talent show and we danced to a uh, smooth criminal <laughs> and the, the place so went cool. crazy like i uh moonwalked in front of like the stage and stuff and like at least in nah. my mind we were like you know, superstars that day. But. <laughs> elementary school? Yeah. Which elementary school did you go to? Lee. Oh, right there on Walker, right? Yeah. What about you? 29th and Walker. I went to Wheel Elementary, which is closer to uh, I-35 on 25th Street. Okay. Um, over there by, you know, where Dos Mil Dos is. Used to yeah, be yeah, yeah. Aragon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My mom and dad moved there when I was in third grade and but I was also going there. I went there since kindergarten. So it was on the Southeast side of the town. I like it. Have you yeah. seen the documentary, the Quincy Jones documentary? No. You should watch it. It's that. pretty incredible. He worked yeah, with uh, Frank Sinatra too, which is pretty crazy. Why didn't I know that? Yeah, it's crazy. You need to watch what? it. What? Yeah. I gotta listen to it. Oh, <laughs> he, they, I think they did that, um, that Stevie Wonder song, right? Together, I think. Um, he worked with so many people and like actual like orchestra, like arrangements oh, yeah. and, and writing all that out and stuff. It's oh, crazy. Crazy talented, man. And he, all the Grammys that he's won. And there's a reason Michael Jackson wanted to work with him. And I love watching even on YouTube videos talking about the making of the music. Like they interviewed Michael Jackson's drummer. One of the guys from Toto played down guitar for human nature i just man i love it like i wish i could have my own studio and make original songs like that let's listen to that right there yeah man that guitar I think the guy who did that yeah that's what i was talking about from Toto, i think that's so crazy i remember they said he was saying that 
he had to be careful not to make it too rock and also not too R and B. It had to be a mix, so it'd be you know radio friendly for uh, as many okay. radio channels as possible. That makes sense. Wow, yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, very good. Like this is the kind of music that will live forever. Yep. All right, let's go into this next track. This one, I don't know anything about the artist or the song. Like, so this is T Bone, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. T Bone. So this this is also middle school, like almost into ninth grade, and it's just a song that um, I guess you could say was influential to me. Um, my brother and Josh and I would listen to his music a lot, and he he's from California and. He he would basically do Christian rap. Okay. So I really like the uh, the message. You know, basically he's talking about his, all of his music is about you know growing up in you know poor neighborhood and like um, you know with a lot of in gang activity. So he's had to navigate that, and so he reminded me of how I grew up, I guess you could say, and um, and he's wanted to stay. Uh, spiritual, you know, wanting to stay true to his to his Christian beliefs, so it just I want to listen to it. it um, it's kind of almost almost kind of like um, inspiring, like if you know if he could if he could do it, you know we can do it too, kind of thing. Um, and your brother's the was, one that introduced you to him, or, or how did you? Wow, because back then it wasn't like you could like go on YouTube and see what's trending, or like there was none yeah. of that. You know, I don't even oh, know. You know I know how we found out about him. So you know that store Mardell? Yeah. So we would go there to buy, you know, t-shirts and um, they would have like these funny Christian t-shirts and um, in the music section, we would look for Christian rap. Cause you know, my brother and I were into rap. Yeah. But we wanted to listen to Christian rap. And we found this and was like, oh wow, he's also Hispanic too. And he's also got lyrics in Spanish. This is interesting. So, and so yeah. So this his whole this whole album was great. So it reminds me of that, like being in being in the room with my brother listening to this. And at the same time, there was another group called Gospel Gangster around that time that would release West Coast funk rap, and you know, or like gang, West Coast gangster rap, but um, you but Christian. And uh, and we would listen to that even in our. Ford Aerostar minivan, like um, my mom and dad would pop the cassette in and we would all listen to it. And the, the best song that from that time about them that I remember, it says, oh, double G's roll on. And I also like the production of that song. Like it's very much funk and it just, I love the chords, like the, the beats per minute. Yeah. Yeah. That's the difference I think between you and me at this time, I was listening to nwa <laughs> i was listening to tupac listening to like all that west coast stuff you know oh, no, we like, we would listen to that too you know snoop dogg and dr dre and so it was um, a nice balance but, we could, <laughs> but obviously we couldn't listen to that in front of our parents and and we were trying to we were trying to be good kids you know yeah <laughs> so you were you were wearing the christian shirts and i was wearing like the bugs bunny gangster oh, yeah. shirts you remember those yep oh yes <laughs> i used to have one man Fogor Langhorn. yeah isn't it crazy how that became so popular i don't even know where that came from or it was weird it was just very like very weird <laughs> i just remember everybody weird. yeah everybody was wearing that and before that it was the it was the x the malcolm x clothes yeah and the colorful 
you know, throwback to Africa clothes. <laughs> Remember that? Like yeah. living color? And the uh the the Baja like jacket thing. Oh yes. You remember those? Yes, that's right. The almost like a poncho. Yeah. And they felt like yeah. uh like those uh those bags. Bur- like uh, right. burlap. Yeah, yeah. It was like Yeah, it felt like a potato bag. <laughs> yeah. That was like super popular back then too. Crazy. Yeah, there was like a ton of kids, like that was like every day. Like it was like the uniform. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> and those did you things. Play soccer? Yeah, I did actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, you were with Mr. Alessandro, right? Did you play? Oh, you're the, talking in middle school or? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking oh, in middle school. Not in middle school. No. Yeah. You didn't I play did, in middle school? I didn't play till high school. Yeah. You middle school. For the U.S. Grant team. Yeah. Soccer team. Oh, wow. Yeah. But middle school, I was wow. just trying to like not get beat up and like, <laughs> exactly. you know, just do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh tell me about it it was not, not that school up. was pretty crazy i mean man i don't know yeah, I, mean, I, I often hey, you know, think about like how differently like your life could have been if just a small decision to like ditch one day or or something mm-hmm. crazy like that could have just like ruined you know who knows what it's crazy all right yeah fight, fight the wrong person or yeah uh, smoke something you shouldn't be smoking yeah, yeah it, there was and I think it's, you know, it's not, it's not anybody's fault. I don't think that that happened. It was just society at the time and with gang activity being so popular and prevalent and then poverty, I mean, poverty does, does things to people, you know? What's well, one thing that Struggle. you, if you could go back and, you know, tell yourself something back in the day, what would you say? Like, if you could go travel back in time to Jackson, like, what would you tell Greg at that time? Man, I think that. I probably would have told myself to to maybe study engineering or maybe be a pharmacist. I don't know. Like I I went down the education path to to work as an educator and it and it doesn't pay very well. But when I was in in college, that was okay. I didn't care about getting a lot of money because I, it was for to change the world. It was I was being an idealist. But having a family, you know, uh, you can't live off of idealistic ideas right that doesn't pay the rent especially with the way oklahoma pays educators right so um yeah i think i probably would go uh go back and and change maybe what i studied but you know like the older i get i realize that it's more important of how you make your money than how much money you make oh you know i see what you're saying like i think happiness is like way underrated like if you could just you know, be happy doing whatever it is that you're happy doing. I think that matters more than like how much you're making. Yeah, you know, well, I, that's true because there's a lot of people making a lot of money, but they're not happy and miserable and uh, yeah, miserable. Yes, for sure. Like uh, I thought about being a lawyer too for a little bit and uh, you know, uh, lawyers can make good money, but I've, most people that I talked to said it's very stressful, you know, 80 hours a week. Yeah. And I remember it depends on what you're going to do. You were going to uh, the East Coast for college, right? Like flying yeah. back and forth for a while. I remember like, like, man, yeah. you took it all the way. Like you were serious about education and doing all that, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I had a, I was fortunate and blessed enough to get a scholarship that paid for my bachelor's at OU. And it was awesome that you and I got to hang out at OU too. Like, uh, I'm very proud of what you've accomplished, man. And um being able to see you uh, become the man that you are 
and I'm very lucky because, you know, not a lot of us at Jackson are really, I guess you could say from this side of town, um, we're able to overcome that. And it's inspiring to hear your story. And especially when you even had a counselor tell you <laughs> that you should, uh, you should go to Votech. Yeah. Um, it was crazy. Like she said, uh, you know, it's probably unlikely your family can afford college. You know, if, if you go study, uh, air conditioning repair, it makes decent money and it'd probably be a good route for you. But what that did was like do the opposite. Like that pissed me it off. It gave me another <laughs> chip on my shoulder to like, be like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And, and, and it's not like you, it's not like you're not getting that profession. No, what you're saying is that it wasn't what you wanted to do. Right. You knew like, what you wanted to do. Like she was just putting me in this box just because of like, where I came from, how much money my parents made. Like she knew that kind of stuff. Right. So she was just like, this is where you need to go. And, but yeah. you knew that you wanted to go to college and she was telling you to stop dreaming. Yeah. And that's my problem yeah. to this day is like, I'm a dreamer and I'm always thinking about like big dreams and I don't know if I'll ever get there, but I've got the dreams. Well, no, it's, it pays to be a dreamer, I think. And one thing that I hear a lot from people who've, who've done it, who've, who've, who are living their dream is that you just got to do it. Even if it takes, you know, years to get there, at least you're working your way to that because a lot of people have a dream and don't do anything about getting to that dream. So for example, the the role that music plays in your life, I think is beautiful. Like I admire how much you're into music and I admire that you're actually doing it. Like the fact that we're here tonight right now at midnight. Yeah, that's crazy. It, <laughs> My it's bad. part of your dream and it's going to get you there. No, it's not. I'm not saying it because of that. I'm saying that we're, you're putting energy into it and it's going to pay off. Yeah. But you know why we're here right now? Why is that? Because music sounds better with you. Ah, oh, very nice. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to KO. <laughs> Tell me about this next song. So I was um, watching MTV, um, you know, high school, 16, 17 years old, and house music was taking off back then. And the song, I got hooked and like watching the music video of it. And I was really into it, but I didn't, it's not like I bought the CD or anything, but it stuck with me, I guess you could say. And then I forgot about it, like going to college, um, going to New York City um, to go for grad school. Um, but then here lately, like 2015, I was listening to a song called Lean On by DJ Snake. Yeah, Major Lazer. Major Lazer, yes. Yeah. So I was like, man, this is a cool sound because it kind of reminds me of the stuff that I listened to when I was younger, but this is on the radio now and it's modern. And they have throwback, you know, references to that kind of music. And I started thinking, wow, I was in high school when House was coming out and I loved all these House songs, even like Daft Punk, um, uh, that song, The Funk. Yep. I loved it when I was younger, but I didn't even know who those guys were. And then, so I heard their 2015 album, uh, Random Access Memories. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the that's whole awesome. Album. And then you just sprinkle Ooh. Pharrell on top of that, just yeah, yeah <laughs> to make it even too. crazier. <laughs> yes, and they didn't stop, you know, the weekend. So I started going back to listen to all these old house songs, and I remembered that this song to me is the perfect, the perfect 
house song. Yeah. Like this song is not it's not missing anything. This and I like of course I like the lyrics. This song right here is a good song to write at night in your car with the windows rolled down on like a exactly. summer day. Exactly. Man. <laughs> that's that's the so vibe good. that I'm feeling right now. <laughs> that is that is the perfect vibe. Do you do that? Do you do you go on cruises ever and just like listen to music? When I was single, I did it a lot. Um, you know, with family, you don't have a lot of time to go do that. But but yeah, I used to do that, and it's a good feeling, man. It's a good way to, to kill stress, to relax, and um, listen to good music. And as a matter of fact, um, what I was also going to mention about this song is um, I like samples. You know, because that probably goes, speaks back to you know, when I was younger and into hip hop and rap, and they did something still do that um it's called uh, plunder phony that's something a term i learned from uh dj uncle no not uncle uh i can't remember dj shadow dj shadow has i heard him call it plunder phony where you take other people's music recordings and make it your own and even in this house song they're sampling because the background sample is a song by chaka khan called fate really and the reason i know about that is there's a website called whosampled.com and you can see where people got their inspiration from, what you know, what pieces of the song they took. And uh, I love this sample. It's crazy how much you're into music too. I mean, I remember you uh, playing like in bands, or <laughs> Los Bomberos, right? Los Bomberos, <laughs> right? How do you know about, how do you know about Los Bomberos? <laughs> hey, we've got people, we've got people on the Maverick podcast wow. that, uh, <laughs> Tell me about Los Bomberos, dude. I didn't think you knew about that. Did I about that? <laughs> well, so this was uh, maybe senior year, I think, um, of high school. That No, it was like junior year, part junior, part senior year. No, it was all senior year. But anyways, uh, I was really into um, the, this Cuban album that had recently come out called um, The Buena Vista Social Club. And there was a guy in my class, in my Spanish class, named Josh Christian, who was into it as well. Uh, I didn't even know he had it. Like I rented it from, I checked it out from the library, that CD. And so he and I started, you know, talking about Cuban music and- For the and kids listening, a library was this big <laughs> space with a bunch of books. And that's where right. you would go to look up stuff. You know, they're actual physical books and they were organized. <laughs> the yeah. Dewey system, look it up, Google it. Right, <laughs> card catalog. Yeah. And, and they had CDs, too. And CDs are these circles, right? They're like a, <laughs> a glass donut. But so anyway, so we just thought we should start up a group. And uh, I, forgot, I forgot how the name Los Bombeiros came about. But we had trombone. We had sax. We had trumpet. Um, I would play the congas. I would sing. Josh Christian was uh, on lead guitar. We had Sam Fredrickson on the rhythm guitar. We had piano. But did you know um, about music or are you just like, no. So you just no. taught yourself to play? Yes and no. Cause I didn't really play very well. Like all I did was back then was I just did hand percussion and sing, you know, but everybody else in the band actually knew, um, you know, we had bass too. Um, it wasn't until later that I would actually learn how to play instruments and to read, to read music and learn more about how a song is put together. But, but that was my first time in high school. We even played at our high school prom. Really? Yeah, Man. just like Saved by the Bell. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Back to the Future. It's like, and Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, you kids yeah. aren't ready for this. But, That's right. But your, but your kids, they're going to love it. <laughs> exactly. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> That's awesome, man. 
All right. at the arts festival. Really? Mm-hmm. And I remember and I had... in college, uh, you used to be like big into salsa and merengue. Yeah. And like you had uh, your dorm, you didn't have a, like a roommate, right? Because I remember one time <laughs> I went to your dorm and it was like pimped out. Like you had like your bed like against the wall. Like it wasn't like a double bed. Like I was living in the hood dorms and I came in here and it was all of a sudden I'm like in a New York loft with like, you know, a little like stereo and a bed and all kinds of posters and stuff. You, you never had a couch, room? Couch tower, right? Yeah. Uh, with Burger King, right? <laughs> yeah. You didn't have a roommate? I did. So that's a funny story too. So um, my freshman year at OU, first semester, um, I had a roommate and you know, he was a great guy. He, he could, he kill it on the classical piano and like, you know, he played football in high school and, but he just made some bad choices and, um, you know, made some mistakes that he, and he had to leave OU like, and be, so because he got, in essence, he could, he wasn't allowed, he had to take, I think that he was on academic probation or whatever. So he wasn't on campus anymore. Um, and it was, and the whole, they were like, we were halfway through the school year. So I, I didn't get a roommate. I even asked. I was like, am I going to get a roommate? You asked? Uh, I would have been like, I'm going to be quiet. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to make sure I, I like I could do what I wanted to do. And it was great. Like, we're talking January year 2000 all the way till May of the year 2000. I had my own dorm to myself and I took out all his stuff. And yeah, and had my bed in there. Yeah, like a rug. Yeah, like yeah. some timbales. I remember... <laughs> I think I went there because we were going to go to like a Pan Am party. You remember Pan Am parties? Yes. At oh, OU? Those are awesome. Man. Yeah, we, we, dude, that yeah, was I like. I remember one time after a Pan Am party, we were in your pickup truck talking till late at night after the after the party talking about life. Yeah. Those were you the best that? parties, man. Because people yeah, would go man. there to know you're going to dance. And like, if you're not going to dance, like, don't go to those parties. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and there was always people dancing. Yep. And the floor was always packed. And uh, they had good music. I mean, obviously, it was all, you know, Latin music, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was great. The merengue was just taking off back then. And then you and, were like the salsero. Where'd you learn how to dance salsa? Man, I just, you know. In New York? Just practice. No, no, no. Huh? Like, Because, you know, I went to, I didn't go to New York until after the Pan Am parties. But I, I, I was, I was so intent on going to New York that I used to have pictures of New York City in my dorm to remind me that one day I'm going to be in New York. And, um, but in any case, uh, I just got into the, the salsa started with that Buena Vista Social Club in in, in high school, starting that band Los Bomberos, and I always wanted to learn how to dance it. So you know, people would, I would just watch people dance it, and try to copy what they did at the Pan Am party. Yeah. And listening to more and more you know albums of, of salsa and i got really into it and uh because you could do the fancy turns and all that like yeah, i remember I like used to do that man i used to do that <laughs> yeah and that's when i got into it i used i even was started giving salsa dance lessons on campus like we got invited once to give a dance lesson to um to a sorority oh yeah you know um uh the omega delta five brothers okay we teaching them merengue and salsa Shout, shout out to all the OD5 guys. And uh, that's how that we were into it. And um, it was a lot of fun. And because it, it was, like I said, it was kind of popular at the time, especially the merengue and bachata was just getting started. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't really like bachata that much, but 
but yeah, um, and this is around the time too that, or a little bit after when you started over at uh, 106.7 FM, the La, La Seta, Seta, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as a, as, a, as a radio DJ there. That was like towards the end of your high school, right? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, 98 awesome. was when I started and then it kept doing it through college for a bit too, so it was fun. Even while you were at college? Yeah. yeah that is awesome, bro. And, but no, we, we had good times at OU, and uh, so that's how I got into it, for sure, and started a band there called Conjunto Clave. Um, there was 12 of us, and we would play Campus Corner, and I still have some of those recordings and photos. So if there's 12 of you, how much would you get paid at the end of the night? <laughs> wow, dude, I don't even remember getting paid. That's what I wonder I'm about sure. bandas, too, like Banda MS or Banda <laughs> yeah. Recol or something like how much do those dudes like take home at the end of the night? There's like 20 of them. <laughs> and of course they have seniority too, right? Like yep. uh, the guys who have been in the band longer get more of the cut. They charge like $100,000, right? $125,000. Uh, yeah, right? probably so. So it probably works wow. out. But still, like flying that many people, putting that many people in hotels, like feeding yeah. them, like it's just the logistics man. is probably crazy. No, what did I? I didn't tell you the story about. Um, I was at uh, the Brazilian restaurant, the one in Penn Square, uh, um, Texas de Brazil. My wife and I, Jorge Hernandez and his wife Brenda, shout out to them. We were uh, having lunch there, and the guy from Banda MS, the leader, walks in. Oh yeah. And we took, we said hi to him, we took pictures with him, and uh, Brenda was the one that told us, "Oh, that's the that's the guy from Banda MS." So my wife Nancy and I, you know, we, we really like Banda and, and I, I started, you know, I like their songs too, very romantic. And he was in there because he was going to take the whole, the whole band to eat at this all you can eat Brazilian place. And I was like, wow, imagine that bill. <laughs> so I guess they're doing all right if, if they're going to eat, you know, yeah, <laughs> at a nice restaurant. Yeah, all they're doing eat. all right. So tell they're me about right. this next song. So this next song. Is it, is it, is it the Necesito? The Necesito, yeah. Oh, yes, thank you. So I first started getting into Luis Miguel in the year 2000. So I studied abroad in Mexico for one semester in, in Puebla. And um, that's when he released the song La Bikina. And it was the first time he was doing on a recorded album, Mariachi. And uh, so everybody was listening to La Bikina. And at first I was like, ah, I really went into it. But then I started listening to it more and, and I liked his uh, boleros and stuff because, um, you know, he did his romances, which is his most commercially successful stuff. But not until around the time I started dating my wife, Nancy, that I started getting to his upbeat pop stuff. And every time I listened to his music, it reminded me of, at the time, my girlfriend, Nancy, because she really liked him too. So this was like our song, Te Necesito. And right now what's playing is Suave, and that's one of my favorite songs of his too, Upbeat. And um, so I just really like his style, his, his, um, his music choices. Like, and how many times like, have you seen him in concert? Twice. And You drove, him, right? We flew all the way to uh, Colorado for my wife's birthday, to, uh, and we visited my brother out there, my brother Miguel out there too in Denver. And um, we saw we were on the fifth fifth row watching him live, and then when he came to Oklahoma City, um, we were sitting front row because it's it's the only musician that my wife and I really you know really like a lot to where we would spend that kind of money on him, and and I like his band you know I follow his band on Instagram and stuff and 
those musicians are just top musicians and his his upbeat pop stuff is more like what I would like. It's something you would hear like on KLMA or something like that. And I think his musicians have to be on point because if not, he's going to throw that mic at you. Have you seen that video? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like he the takes sound his sound like like oh, you can't have any feedback. No. Nothing like he's going to get so mad. <laughs> he is so polished, man. Like everything he does, he has to do it polished, right? And a lot of people compare him to Frank Sinatra or even in a way to Michael Jackson. And I think those are accurate comparisons. Uh, you know, he recorded with Frank Sinatra. Um, he, he likes to um, change it up live uh, in terms of his vocal phrasing, just like Frank Sinatra improvising. Yeah, like sometimes if there's um, a break, he'll just be like, do do that, do do that, do like, like he'll yeah. just go on for like bars, just like, <laughs> just freestyling. Yes, <laughs> living yeah, and I love it. Like I, I, when he does that, to me, it's perfect i mean uh, the musicians when they solo and stuff and like the arrangements like you know here's what here's why i, I like me losing god the most i think and this song right now the necesito it's like my wife and i's couple song so we're gonna you dedicate know. it yeah this one's we, going out yes, to a very one, special lady tonight to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> from That's a very right, special guy to a very special lady going out <laughs> there you go <laughs> So this is like, I don't know. It's pretty big, I guess. It's not, it's not one of his biggest tracks, but no. it's pretty popular. But this came out around the time that I met my wife and I love the sound of it. You know, it's so smooth, the jazz chords. He's got, there's a group in the background called Take Six. They're like a vocal group. They're doing the background vocals. The song was written by Juan Luis Guerra. Really? Another man that I admire very much. Yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Another, yeah. he's great musician does a lot of a lot of christian stuff too and uh just to me just a well-written song well done well recorded my favorite song of his is suave that you were playing earlier but um written by his guitarist and uh anyways the reason i like Luis miguel is that i wish i was like him like i wish i could sing like him i wish I mean, I had, you're halfway you there you, you got the suits you can dance <laughs> you know you got the no. new york vibe like you're halfway there I wish, man. I wish, dude. Dude, no, man. Like, I kind of, like, I kind of want my kids to, to start singing and recording the way that he did. But I know that it's, it's tough because his, basically his, his childhood, just like Michael Jackson's childhood, yeah. was in essence ruined by, by the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Are your kids into music or? Yeah, they're getting, yeah. they're starting to get into it. Like. Even my son, Daniel, who at the, at, at the moment is eight years old, he wrote his first song. Uh, when really? He has been, he's been writing songs, but he actually wrote one that he actually recorded. Oh, it's and recorded? It's a country song. What? Yeah, I, I recorded it with him. Deeper Than a I mean, Holler Part 2? And he likes Deeper Than a Holler. And that's another reason I like that song is because now I passed it on to my kids, and they both like it. Gabriel and Daniel both like it. Gabriel's my six-year-old. And they liked that song. And I told him, this this is a song that Grandpa likes. And, um, and so Daniel says, I only like country music. So <laughs> he, right now he's in his country phase. And he wrote a country song. That's awesome. And, he, and the song goes, um, I was sitting on the road, waiting for a ride. A girl drived up. And I can't remember the rest. But I like basically, 
Yeah. But I want to put some 808s in that, I think. Ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Remix. <laughs> Remix. Yes. yes. That's awesome. Boop, boop, boop. That makes me, I still laugh to this day. Saula Aguilera's birthday party. And they they were playing, you were playing Las Mañanitas. Yeah. And, and it was his 40th birthday party. And then you dropped in that reggae horn, air horn. Yep. That you always hear. <laughs> yes, the, the DJ horn. Yeah. Over the Las Mañanitas Mariachi. It was hilarious. <laughs> so with your kids, do you try to like, you know, teach them about different types of music or do you just let them like yeah. kind of discover on their own or what do you do there? No, I, a little bit of both. I'm always talking to them about the songs that I like and or that um, my parents like, um, songs that my wife likes. Um, try to explain to them the different parts of a song. Um, want to get piano lessons started for them, singing lessons. Um, they, Daniel asked for a, a toy guitar and Gabriel just recently asked for a toy saxophone. So yeah, we talk about it a lot. Greg and, y los dinos. Yes, that's I want that to happen in a way. You're going to need more kids because you need a bass player. You need a drums. You need. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But but I don't want to push it too much. Yeah. You know. So this next song. I don't want to stress them out. What's the story about this next song? Ruben Blades. Vida. Oh, man. So this song, this song is so deep. Another reason I wanted to put songs on this list that that had an impact like, or you know, that I will always want to listen to. You know, sometimes you get tired of hearing certain songs, but certain songs you always want to listen to it. Yep. So some of these songs are like that. I'll always want to listen to it. But this song to me is so deep, the lyrics. This came out when I was 21, 22, and just one of my favorite salsa singers. And he's also a songwriter. So he's he speaks to my desire that a, you know, I like to write songs. I would like to write songs that other people would record. And to me, this song, when I heard it, I was like, man, I, I wish I would have written it. Like it was so well written and so deep talking about the human experience. And um, the song just talks about life, really. And for example, he says, our friends are like the family that we choose. And he says things like in this song about, um, he says, if you when you see when you see um, white bones on the ground, you don't know if they were white or black. They're just the bones are the same color. Like in essence, we're all we're all the same inside. Yeah. And he says, if death doesn't discriminate, why should life discriminate? And he says, even little kids know that. And just just a bunch of gems throughout it. It's just a very deep song and also well produced. Like. I love that that Caribbean salsa sound that it has. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's Caribbean. He's from Panama, and he he in the seventies he recorded a lot of deep songs too. Like when I heard my very first Ruben Blades recordings, I was at Catlett Music Center. Oh, you wow. remember Catlett? Yeah. And and you could go into the music library, listen to music. Did you do that? No, I didn't. No. They had a library. Yeah, they had a library and with with LPs, like your vinyl, no and way. CDs. So I got an LP. I'll be right back. Of, <laughs> right, <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> yeah, bro. You, it's still there, man. And um, I went in there and I was and I gave him a list of these songs I wanted to, or these these albums I wanted to check out. So I heard people were referenced in other songs. They talked about Ruben Blades and 
I was like, I want to see what's going on with him. So I got this album. It's co-produced. Well, it's it's Ruben Blades and Willy Colon together, another famous salsa guy from the 70s. And it's called Siembra. And I, the whole I, as I was listening to it, I was crying because I was like, wow, this guy's is talking about the kind of things that I want to talk about. Like he talked about, um, you know, unification and it doesn't matter where we're from. We need to be unified. We need to change, make the world a better place. And I was crying when I listened to it. And I still cry every time I hear this song that's, wow. that's playing right now. So this takes you back to that room at Catlett when you were yeah. listening to this stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Sure. And and it's so moving. Like to me, it's so poetic. Like to me, this is a this song is a masterpiece, like a painting. And it's so well done. And uh, if you list, if you look at the lyrics, you'll see what I'm talking about. How how deep it is. And so you mentioned so like well you mentioned a couple of times that you want to write songs. Have you tried writing songs? Have Have you like you've got notebooks oh, yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I remember one time I sent you a song that I wrote and. I um, arranged and recorded, and yeah, because you even had a, a girl on the the vocals, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember yeah, that. My, yeah. My wife's cousin, who sings, recorded that, and I wrote. It was a song for my wife, and it and basically the chorus goes. The chorus goes, "Cuando tengo tu amor." Um, <laughs> I can't remember the rest. <laughs> Remix. Yo me siento feliz. Something like that. It was, it's a happy love song. So you continue to write or? Oh yeah. 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 Um, man, a matter of fact, here on my phone, I have, um, uh, some songs like every time I think of ideas or lyrics, I write them down on my phone in Evernote. Do you know, and, uh, right? Charlie Pugh? Do you know who that is? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he recorded his whole album on the voice memo deal. Like whenever no he way. had ideas, like, uh, like he would just record and just like boom, boom, like you know, just like different little things, and from yeah. those notes, like he made his album. You know, Timberland does that too. Um, you know that he has a, he has a master class. Oh yeah. That's one of the things he says in his master class. He says first you have to lay down the template, the base of it, or base as B A S E. Yeah. And um, that this, the overall structure, he does it first vocally and then passes it over to this instrument or that instrument. So that's interesting that he does that. Like sometimes I do record audio so that I don't for, so I don't forget the, the melody that went with the lyrics. Or sometimes I just write down a song idea or or, or some or some actual parts of lyrics. So there's three th three songs I'm working on right now. One is for my wife and I want it to be like a Luis Miguel upbeat type song. And it has her name in it. And the chorus goes, Nancy, vida mia. And then I do phrasing in between, but the chorus is with the vocal, the background singer says, Nancy, vida mia. And, and then I'm, I want to record, I want to record a song for my dad and for my mom. Awesome. And uh, to give that, to give that to them. That's awesome. Yeah, so, but but you talk about songwriters, the guy right now, Ruben Blades, or sometimes called Ruben Blas, bro, he writes so many good songs, and he's such a good songwriter. That's an awesome track, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't checked it out, <laughs> check it out, Ruben Blades, Vida. And now, I was surprised when I saw this on the list, this next track, I was like, oh, wow, this is, because oh, okay. your, your list is, like, super diverse, like, you know, <laughs> I guess... 
English, Spanish, well, all kinds of genres, you know, well, like, just like you. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like if you get in the car with me, like we'll go from like, you know, hip hop to sometimes country to, you know, Latin stuff, like all over the place. You, know? you have a Guns N' Roses shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah. super cliche to say like, oh, I, I listen to all kinds of music. But yeah, I everybody do. says that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Until you you start asking them, well, yeah, you like country? Like, well, not, not, not country, but, <laughs> but I listen to all kinds of music. Oh, yeah. You listen to uh, hip, well, heavy hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. You know, and plus me, since I'm half white, half Mexican, I've always lived my life in both worlds, one foot in each culture. So um, that's that's just my life. So that's that's why the music is like that, too, in my opinion. And um, but this next song, um, it's 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 not so much a part of my past as it is my future. Like, okay. obviously, it is a part of my past. It's part of the it's from the movie Coco. And the reason I say it's part of my future is because for me, it's a way to connect with my kids. Hopefully later on in life, whenever they think of me, they remember me in the same way that this song says. All right. Be honest. Did you cry in, the, in that movie? Oh, yes, yeah. I cried, but I not cried. because of the movie, because <laughs> of how much I paid for the popcorn and, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the snacks. He's here you all week. Too? He's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Tip your so waiters. You cry too, Jake? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it got to you. Yeah, for sure. Like it's just, so well done. Man, the story and then the abuelita. And yeah, then dude. when they start singing this song, like, I don't know. Yes. No, yes. I feel the same way as you. I mean, it's 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 our life, right? Yeah. You, you have a grandma or have or had a grandma like that. And yeah, me too. And like, it's, um, it's beautiful. All the traditions so, El Dia de los Muertos and yeah, like all that stuff was wrapped around in the mariachi, like exactly. And, and the mariachi, the movie, the mariachi reminded me of, uh, like Javier Solis or somebody like that. Did it remind you of like an old school mariachi? Yes. Yeah. They based him on Pedro Infante and a little bit of Jorge Negrete. You're talking about Ernesto de la Cruz? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's definitely got that old golden age. Yeah, my uncle was cinema. also part of the soundtrack. Did you know that? No, I didn't know yeah. that. Marco Antonio Solis. Yeah, he was, <laughs> was part of there. So. Yeah, big shout out, my uncle Marco Antonio Solis. <laughs> yeah, he, he did the, the fast version of this song. Yeah, yeah. In Spanish. Yep. And... Yeah, my kids know it in English and in Spanish, and um, so I just love it. Like I would, I would have liked for this song to come out when I was a kid, and uh, I'm glad that my kids are into it because, to me, there's there's hope. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So and you... I actually, Daniel has even recorded this song too. Like oh yeah, karaoke. I have I have his audio singing to this song. Speaking of karaoke. Yeah. You do like a mean, like Whitney Houston. Oh, <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yes, at your house. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. Like we were, we were just karaokeing, and then I thought you were kidding around. And you're like, "Hey, put uh, Whitney Houston, I will always love you." And I'm like, "Wait, what? Like you know how hard it is?" And you're like, "Yeah, just play it." And I was like, "Holy cow!" Like you hit like the high notes and everything. Man, oh, uh, I, was, I was being a clown. Man. Yeah. <laughs> That was a lot of fun at your house that one time. Do you still live? In, you still live at that house? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Bro. We need to do a karaoke, a nice another karaoke round. <laughs> yeah, dude. You guys karaoke a lot with a mask. Yeah, we except my karaoke machine's not working anymore, but I need to get a better one. But yeah, we 
we would yeah we love it my kids are into it my wife likes it there's videos of us doing karaoke and yeah um what's your go-to is it Whitney Houston what's your go-to karaoke nah, I think you challenged <laughs> actually you challenged me that day did I didn't you <laughs> I don't even remember I, I remember how you were surprised like you surprised me like you picked that song and I don't remember what we were doing that's the only time I've ever sung it really like I usually do Billie Jean like if it's front of public um I'll do like Elvis songs, which I wanted to put, include Elvis songs on this list. Um, like Suavemente or? <laughs> no, not Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis, Elvis Presley. And, you know, a lot of guys do his songs because of the same vocal range or whatever. But I, I really like Elvis's song In the Ghetto, Suspicious Minds, Hunk of Burning Love. Fools Rush In. Fools Rush In, yeah. yeah, I even like that. I yeah. like his his gospel songs, like, and my dad likes Elvis too. So, um, yeah, I usually do a lot of Elvis songs. We're gonna do a complete one eighty here. We're gonna have the one and only Lalo Mora. Tell me about this track. So you know, it's all about the lyrics, man. I love the way it's written and the the, the story that it tells. And uh, you know, I was blessed to have a good dad that loved us and took care of us and taught me how to be a good dad and I, I feel like I'm not half as good as my dad is but um, I want to be a good dad and um, this song is basically about being a good dad and um, you know the day that I die I, I would want it, this is one of the songs I would like to be played at my funeral and so that my I want my kids to hear it and know the message does your dad have like any famous sayings that like he would always tell you like to teach you lessons you know, you know, I think, yeah, well, there's a lot of them. Um, man, I can't think of many right now, but. Um, like my dad, every time that I would like ask him to buy something and, you know, we didn't grow up with much. Like he would always tell me like, al rato llueve y todos nos mojamos. <laughs> and that would be oh, basically be like, you know, not now, but maybe. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I still like remember that. Like you would always say that. <laughs> wow that's a good one man and th and there's a lot of this kind of stuff those, those kind of phrases are in this song oh yeah mm -hmm. i just yeah, remember yeah. like all his phrases he would tell me <laughs> yeah and that that's that's part of being a good dad giving good advice like i know i was i got good advice from my mom and dad what would be uh the best advice that your dad ever gave you wow i think um i think it wasn't so much that he gave me the advice but the way that he would live his life, you know, like, or still does, like always wanting to help people. And um, like, on, even people, strangers, you know, um, and always wanting to he and he and my mom both always, you know, like to find solutions to problems. Um, like, for example, something needs to be fixed, or something needs to be something's lost, and then we got to find it like, they're not afraid of a challenge. You know what I remember so, about your dad is that he built uh, the whole set for uh, El Ranchito. You remember that? Right. And then the oh, little yeah. uh, stands and they were like solid. Like they were like, you could tell like he like over engineered, like he didn't want any kids to get hurt. Like <laughs> yeah. that's one of the things I, tell, I remember the most. I tell my dad that he's an engineer and my mom helped me too with, with El Ranchito. Um, that was fun and having you on the show was awesome too the very first episode yeah so for and those who don't know Greg used to have a kids show 
And I don't even know, like, how did it get started or how did you come up with the idea? Because it was like official, like it would come on on, on Saturday mornings, right? On on yeah. actual television. Was it uh, Telemundo? It was on Telemundo yeah. and Univision. Both, okay. Well, back then it was two different companies here in Oklahoma City. And then you but, would have yeah. sponsors, like actual commercials, like for the show and everything, right? Right. Yeah, there was a daycare, a an auto dealership, and Michael Brooksyman. Nice. They were the sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> what? How did that come about? Like you just always wanted to have a show, or or what? Yeah, it, my uh, my dad would tell me about a show that he would watch as a kid called Foreman Scotty, here locally, and it was pretty much the same show, but I wanted to do it in Spanish, and um, so it was just an idea that I had. I had I had just finished working at Sesame Street um, in New York City. Wait, how are you oh, just going to like just brush over that? How, I didn't know you worked at Sesame Street. Oh, I thought you knew that. No. Well, Tell me um, about yeah, that. That was a, a little light flex, a little light flex. Yeah. <laughs> My days at Sesame Street. <laughs> I was just an intern, you know. <laughs> I did a whole year, um, half in the production department and half in research. And... Um, Oh, I learned a lot. It was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I, when, when I realized that Sesame Street is recorded in New York City, I was like, I'm here in New York City I'm, and they have internships. I got to try this, you know, educational television, educational media is a big part of my life. So I got the chance to work there and got to see them record like they were making Elmo's World while I was there and got to see the studio. Wow. It was a lot of fun. And so I wanted to, that's part of the inspiration. Like I wanted to have my own kids show, and I still do. I want to have, I'd love to have a show that is on Disney junior or, you know, well, the, the crazy thing about that, like now you don't have to have like this big production, you know, like you can put it online and it will probably get viewed by even more people than yeah. if it were on like traditional media. So, yes, I mean, I think it's no, even more right. doable now. You're right. This is the time to do it, and and it's pro probably not a day go that doesn't go by that I don't think about it. I have a list of on my Evernote too of possible kids shows, awesome. Like, you know, concepts. You remember the shows. the backdrops and everything were like hand painted. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what I'm telling you. And um, then didn't uh, my we, brother Josh helped me with that too? My cousin Gucci. We went to a actual ranch for one of the shows. Remember that? With yes. like animals and yeah, with, with, the, with the little horses. Yeah, <laughs> he. No, how was it that somebody knew him and he asked if we could record at his ranch? And it was a lot of work, dude. Like editing the video and um, those are some crazy times, man. But we we were like, you were twenty six, I think. I don't remember. I was like 27, something like that. We're like, oh, sure. Like, yeah, we could do that. No problem. TV show, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, you got to dream big, you know, dream big and just like, I don't know. You learn so it. many lessons about like production and camera and behind the scenes. Like, oh, yeah. You know, and that uh, car commercial. Was it a, no, it was a, a law commercial one time. You remember that? Yeah, we for Michael Brooks. Was that for him? I remember that, uh, like, you asked me to drive a car and pretend that we got into a wreck and we didn't have our seatbelts on. Oh, that was you remember Austin. that? Okay, Austin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? You were you were you were the dad. In that I was a, the bad driver with like, ah, I'm about to crash. <laughs> <laughs> 
I forgot about that until just now. <laughs> Dude, I forgot about that too, man. It was a, uh, I can't. Remember, it was the. It was a local Austin agent. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny, dude. We we've had some adventures, man. For sure. <laughs> now, now this podcast. Yeah, this next <laughs> song, it reminds me of a movie. Is it from a movie? Oh yeah. 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 Um, this is from Smokey and the Bandit. That's what it is. And it's um, uh, it's basically a truck driving song. You know, uh, we have a recording of my dad's dad, my grandpa, calling into the radio station asking for this song. Oh yeah. And he was a truck driver. Your dad drove um, a semi for a while too, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 and he still, he still is a truck driver and, um, his brothers were truck drivers and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a family tradition. And so this song is about that. And that's why I really like it. You know, plus the upbeat. Did you ever like go on any go. trips like on the semi? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. My dad has taken us. What's the furthest sure. you ever went? Oh, uh, not long enough for He's always just done stuff locally, like within the tri-state area. I think that time we went to Fort Smith, Arkansas, I think. Even my grandpa took us on a trip once up to Fonca City. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool, man. And Did you ever like learn how to drive? I still don't know how to drive. They've got and, like, uh, what, 20 gears or something? 18 gears? Yeah, how, how 13. Many? Yeah. 13? Yeah. They, they have, yeah, it depends on what kind of motor it is but yeah it's um i'd like to do it man uh, i'd like to one day get my cdl driver's license just to flex or what, what you... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tradition you know so, yeah so the tradition don't stop that's awesome <laughs> i knew that the song reminded me of a movie or something but i couldn't like put it in place but yeah that's now right. i now i see it yeah <laughs> kind of like a convoy too yeah did you have a cv growing up my, I, I think my dad did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think it ever worked though, or at least I never. We never got. But or my grandparents, my grandpa had it. But yeah, it's. I remember one time I found one, and I started playing music on one of the channels, and uh, the truck drivers got mad and they're like, "Hey kid, get off the channel!" You know, like I was oh, using wow. it like as a radio station. I was trying to play music, <laughs> wow. and they were like super mad, and I was like, "Oh crap." <laughs> oh wow! Did they start cussing at you too? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and then I found out that I guess they do like radio checks, like you know, like hey, I need a radio check or whatever. So I was always doing that too, and they were like, "Hey, kid, uh, you already asked for a radio check. Like, get out of here." <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's still out there. CVs, we, yeah. And right now. With all the craziness going on, I mean, they're they're kind of keeping everything running, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like yeah, all I mean, the all the merchandise the, and everything. The world relies on truck drivers, and if uh, the cell phone towers go down, we're gonna need to have CB. What do you yeah, think about uh, Elon Musk the the self driving semis? You think it's gonna happen? Oh man, if it does, it's gonna be a long, long time from now. Um, I'm not too worried about it. I, don't, I think that there's always going to be a need for somebody to transport goods like that. Yeah, I don't think it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I don't know. Have you been in a Tesla? Like, it's pretty impressive of how I can recognize, like, signs as you're driving by and then other cars and, 
like it, it does a decent job. I mean, I don't think I would be watching movies like some of the people that have passed away <laughs> because they weren't paying attention at all. But yeah, I mean, or fell, falling asleep. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Crazy I want a Tesla though. I would they're, love to have a nice Tesla sedan. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. And then all yeah. the the uh, Easter eggs that they put into the cars. Have you seen that? No. Yeah. So you can like if you hit like combinations in the car, like you can play like a racing game inside the car and you can oh. use the actual like steering wheel to like play the game. <laughs> like oh. they're always putting like Easter eggs inside their software. That is crazy. Cause of like course, while you're in park. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> it's like, you know, you can get a, a software update and all of a sudden it's like a new car. It's kind of like a cell phone. Like you have a new app and it's kind of cool. You know? That is so cool, man. You've got a pretty good uh, Apple screen in your car, right? The Ap Apple TV. Apple, yeah. Apple TV. Yeah. yeah. But I just do that for music, just like to airplay music videos. <laughs> nice. That's Even while you're in drive? Uh, you know, let's save that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> but like for the backseat? Yeah, for the backseat. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This next song. Gospel gangsters, roll on. Oh, yeah, this is the one I this one I mentioned earlier. So this is oh, like you know, oh no, this is I told you the wrong one. Wrong one? This is, yeah, it's actually I think I, I thought I sent it to you, but this is not the one I was talking about. Okay. But if you want, we can just skip it since I already talked about it. Yeah. So this just brings you back to the minivan, listening yeah. to the bass. <laughs> right. You know, I, I didn't. Oh, and I didn't tell you. Oh no, I sent you the YouTube of it. Of, of them this is gospel yeah. gangsters it's the same group but different song but yeah okay yeah. cool the but yeah no it, it, that's yeah it takes me back to that time for sure yeah i, I told you the wrong out the, the wrong title that was my fault we get the vibe though we get the west coast we get the bass like we got it <laughs> yes, definitely. yeah the one i was talking about is called oh double g's go on Oh, okay and it's it's very funk it's much more funky okay yeah we're gonna wrap it up with uh tony vega T tell me about oh yeah well you know i just really like um this medley it's more than one song um and it's paying it's talking about this old salsa singer named ismael rivera and so he's one of my favorite salsa singers tony vega is He's actually the first guy I ever heard sing a salsa song. Really? And yeah, yeah, it was on a it was on a, a, a cumbia record LP. Where were you? And I was in, in my bedroom and I was like 17 or something like that, listening to these old cumbia vinyl records. And all of a sudden there's a salsa song on there and with all these other cumbia stuff. And it was um, this it was Tony Vega and uh, and I was like, I had never heard that sound before. And it was even before Buena Vista Social Club. And it sounded so different to me. But yeah, th this song is awesome. And like, th again, this is one of the songs that I could never get tired of listening to. or Because it's se several songs in one. Several songs in one. And it has so many layers between like the timbales and the trumpets. And like, yes. you can hear, like, that's something that happens to me. I don't know if it happens to you when you're listening to a song and you hear like all the instruments separately. Like, mm -hmm. can you do that? Like, where you like, oh, yeah. oh like I hear yeah. the bass or I hear the drummer or like, yes. 
a lot of I people do it at first. A lot of people can't do that, and I'm always like, "Don't no. you hear like what the bass player is doing right there?" Like, <laughs> no, not you're right. Not a lot of people can do it, and it, it took it took it, I had to practice. Like, it's hard to do, but to ignore the other instruments to focus in on one. Yeah, but yeah, this I did it a lot with salsa to try to figure out which instrument was doing what, and I watched videos. Um, I'd like to get to the point where I could play each instrument in this. And this type of music. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite the and bucket list. It is. It you know, is one of my bucket it's on my bucket list. For me it's it's the piano, learning how to play the piano. Oh. And I still haven't been able to figure it out. I get frustrated. Like I'm trying to like read music, but maybe I don't need to do that. Maybe I just need to like learn chords or something. I don't know. But I always learn get frustrated. Chords. Learn chords. You don't you don't need to really learn how the sheet music. No. no? You don't think so? No, I don't think so because I mean if you were a studio pianist and somebody pays paying you by the hour to play and they need you to learn the song real quick, yeah, you would need to read the sheet music. Or if you're a classical pianist, but if you're doing it in a pop band or anything or anything related to pop um, with other musicians, chords. They're just going to like hum it and then you just kind of have to mimic what they're humming or something, you think, or what? No, they tell you what, chord, what key they're in. And you do have to know music theory, but you don't have to know how to read the sheet music. I see. Okay. Yeah. yeah maybe yeah. I just need to do a different approach because I haven't been able to do that. Maybe that's why I DJ because I can never play an instrument. No, you're going to do it. Bro. <laughs> you're going to do it. We'll we're, see. We're going to make an original music together. You can play. So you play timbales. What else can you play? A uh, bass. Bass. In the, in the mariachi, I played bass and I play electric bass. I know how to play chords on the piano. Um, and that's that's it. I wish I could play guitar or, or something melodic like saxophone or violin or something, trumpet. But to me, that that stuff is hard. But it takes a lot of time. But but no, basically, any I guess you could say anything in the rhythm section. I like it. Okay. Cool, yeah. man. Well, you've taken it. You've taken us to quite the journey here. <laughs> like all over the place, different genres, different times. Like it's an awesome playlist, you know, oh, thank, thank, thank you, you for man. that. I'm glad no, you didn't show you. up with a bunch of like, you know, top 40 songs, <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, that you hear all the time or something like right. this was really diverse, you know, super, you, super different, you know, all the way through. So thanks for being on the show. It. And uh, one of the things that I want to do is have each of the guests ask a question for the audience. So oh, okay. what's a good question that you would ask the audience? It could be anything. Man, um, I would ask them right now, you know, we're going through this coronavirus epidemic, COVID-19. And I guess I would ask them is how, how do they think their life is going to change after now that we've gone through this? Excellent question. I think it already has changed, right? Like it's proven that people can work from home now. A lot of people. Yeah you know, didn't believe that that would work. So True. that happened. And then now, like every time you go somewhere, at least me, I always like freak myself out. Like, oh, I just touched that. Oh, I just did this. Mm -hmm. Like, man, like that drives me crazy. Cause like, I'm always like washing my hands now. And it's like, there's like, oh, like there's this loophole. You just did this. So now you have to wash your hands again. It's exactly. crazy. I never used exactly. to think about that. But what I want to know is, is there has been a lot of changes, but are they going to stay? Yeah. Right. That time will tell. 
That's a good question. But, so we'll see what people say. Because we got to go out to eat, bro. We got to go back to the main event. Man, you know the, the <laughs> words like, can I start you off with drinks and appetizers? <gasps> Man, I want to hear that so bad. Like, it's incredible. Man. It's been two, what's it been two months, bro? I don't know. Wow. <laughs> too long. <laughs> too long, dude. It's just like, I, wonder, I really want to go to the movie theater, but I haven't figured out how I'm going to eat popcorn with a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you remember when we used to eat outside? You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that, those were the good old days. <laughs> hey, like man. Three months ago. <laughs> well, that's an excellent question. Thanks for being on the show. You know, it's like oh, thank you. one o'clock in the morning and we're doing this. So that's some dedication. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. No, I, I, we've been, you and I have been trying to do this for a long time. So I'm glad, I'm glad we finally got to do it. And, uh, yeah, you know, I admire you and I respect you very much. To me, it's, for me, it's an honor to be on this show with you. The one and only DJ Maverick. There you go. I, I can't follow that up. We're just going to wrap it up right there. <laughs> Thanks a lot, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for checking us out. Just chill till the next episode. <laughs>